You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. We kick off a new message series today. Uh, when, you, when you read through the Gospels, uh, the first four books of the New Testament that chronicle Jesus' ministry and his activity here on earth, you can read all of them and you only find one time in all the Gospels when the disciples actually asked Jesus to teach them something. There's only a one occurrence that that happened. And he didn't ask them to teach them how to do miracles. He didn't ask him, uh, they didn't ask him to teach them how to heal the sick or to even teach a a, a great powerful lesson. Uh, The one time that a disciple asked Jesus specifically to teach them something uh, was found in Luke chapter 11. Uh, And we read there that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, Now, we got to understand that most of Jesus' disciples had had exposure to, to temple life to worship at the temple, to the Jewish law regarding prayer. So it wasn't like prayer was a new thing for most of them, but what it was something very different about what they saw with Jesus' prayer life. Uh, They loved what they saw and the way he prayed, the way he spent time alone with his heavenly Father, and they loved the fruit that came from that. They noticed it. It was markedly different from the byproduct, if you will, of what they saw with uh, the religious leaders who were all in it about uh, ritual and form. And, and so they asked him, they wanted to see that in their own life, that same kind of dynamic, and that's why they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus responded by giving his disciples what we now refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it is a prayer that's probably recited more from Scripture than any other prayer, and uh, it, it is a, a, a wonderful prayer, and, uh, and, and so it's, it's one that throughout the season of Lent, we're going to be taking and we're going to be exploring the Lord's Prayer uh, and getting an understanding that it's more than a prayer for us to simply uh, recite. Now, I want to I mention that the word Lent, if you're not familiar with Lent, and I, I wish you'd been able to be here for our Ash Wednesday service because Angela did a beautiful job of unpacking that for us. Uh, the word Lent, it's derived from the Anglo-Saxon word that uh, is translated uh, lengthening of days, uh, like the spring, uh, spring approaching. And the Lenten season is very much a time for spiritual preparation. It is a time for personal reflection and growth as we prepare uh, for Easter, as we prepare to observe uh, Jesus' death and remember his death and to celebrate his resurrection. And I want to encourage you that whatever form of observance you have for Lent or for the Lenten season, make sure that prayer is a big part of that, okay? Uh, Some people give up stuff for Lent, and that's all well and good, uh, but make sure that you're not just giving up something, but you are choosing to uh, take the space that you, where you gave up something and you've maybe taken something out of your life, whether it's social media or television or a meal or a type of food, and that you consciously fill that, uh, that, that fast with prayer with prayer, with spending time with the Lord. Um, I want you to to make sure that you are making prayer a vital part of whatever your expression of Lent looks like. Um, So back to the Lord's Prayer. 
back to the Lord's Prayer, we find that where the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, Luke chapter 11, and right after that, he gave them a uh, one shorter version of what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, also in Matthew 6, we find another more extended version of the same prayer. It's part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and for our purposes for this series, uh, we're going to be using the Matthew 6 uh, model for that. In Matthew 6, if you've got your Bibles, and this is going to be on the screen as well, uh, Jesus is teaching on, uh, on how we are to, to worship and how we're to fast and how we're to give and the posture that we are to take in that. And he, he, he shares this prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, this prayer uh, is an amazing example of economy with words, uh, with laser-sharp focus uh, and just these simple phrases, everything is covered uh, that should be regularly included in our intercession to God, our prayer for ourselves, our prayer uh, for others. Uh, and it includes these six petitions, three that are directed toward our Heavenly Father. They're all directed toward Him, but they focus on our Heavenly Father, the first three. And the, the last three are those that really deal with our basic, everyday human needs. Uh, Jesus is inviting us into the same loving relationship that He had with the Father. He is now inviting us into that. And he gives us the right priority for, for prayer, that we begin with worship. We begin with acknowledging that God is our Father. And, but he also says, I want you to do this, and I'm not calling you to ignore the real stuff, the real needs of your everyday life. It's a both and. The Lord's Prayer also reveals to us Jesus' own sense of his, his personal mission, why the Father had sent him here. Uh, and, and particularly as we unfold this, we're going to see how Jesus and his whole mission of bringing and expanding, advancing the kingdom of God, how that is, uh, is, is expressed and how it's reflected here uh, in, in this prayer. My own experience with the Lord's Prayer, growing up, I learned uh, the Lord's Prayer from my parents and in Sunday school as a kid. Um, and we would regularly recite it uh, on Sunday mornings. Okay, I was not born in the 1800s, all right? Just so you know that. I also recited the Lord's Prayer at my public elementary school daily. Remember when that used to happen? Wow. Uh, yeah, I wasn't born in the 1800s, all right? Just saying. So I, I, I remembered that, and it was, it was always an, a nice thing, but I got to tell you, even as a kid, I, I accepted Jesus when I was 11 years old, and I had a real relationship with him. Um, it, was, it tended to be this rote thing that I would often mindlessly just sort of put forth. It wasn't until college um, that I really began to understand what the Lord's Prayer was really supposed to be about, uh, this template, this framework for a growing, expanding life of prayer. Uh, our, our chaplain uh, in college, he 
uh, decided to do a 6 a.m. one-hour prayer gathering uh, on weekdays. And it's like, really? Uh, but uh, yeah, it was really cool. And in that, he used the Lord's Prayer, and he taught us a framework for how we can use the Lord's Prayer to just spend time in the Lord's presence for an hour. And it was an incredibly life-giving time for me and many others who were there. I know Mary Margaret talked a lot about that in her own uh, spiritual experience as well. And, and so um, yeah, it was just beautiful. And, and as I hear and I'm uh, hearing from friends who've gone and seen what God is doing at Asbury, and what he's doing at other colleges around uh, the country, and uh, the sense of whether it's revival or renewal that's happening. I'm just so thrilled uh, to see God still shows up when he's welcomed, when he's invited, that those who seek him find him when they do so with their hearts and lives. And, And folks, this is not something that's exclusive to one generation. This is not something that's exclusive uh, to college campuses. This is something that God wants to to see. He wants to pour out his presence everywhere he is welcomed. He really does. And so I want to challenge you as your pastor, as our church family, in everything that we do, let us be people who welcome the manifest presence of God. Uh, You know, I don't have a lot of great memories of covid But one of my favorite memories in terms of COVID was for several months, um, I just felt impressed on Tuesdays and Thursdays for 15 minutes to do a Facebook Live Tuesday-Thursday prayer gathering where we use the Lord's Prayer as a a guide. And it was just, I don't know, it was very life-giving to me. I really enjoyed it. I I appreciated the feedback, the participation in that. Uh, It was just really, really rich. And and I want to say that um, in this, that the Lord's Prayer, it is a trustworthy framework for learning how to have an ongoing conversation with our Heavenly Father. And and if, if, if the mention of the word prayer sort of causes you to tighten up and flinch a bit, maybe because you don't feel like you are a good prayer or you don't have a good history when it comes to prayer... I just pray that God would just come and just wash you with his love and his freedom and that there would be no sense of condemnation over you because if it is, that's not from God, first of all. God invites us into this intimate, personal conversation. It's so simple. It's simple language. The Father is inviting us to come to him just as we are with our simple words, with our confusion, with our frustration, with everything we are, he is inviting us to come and to join him and engage with him in simple, intimate conversation. And that's what I want to talk about today, that we don't have to be intimidated by prayer. In fact, just know that if there's any sense of intimidation about prayer, we have the wrong idea about it, and that the enemy, he, he loves to keep us distant from God, and he will use that kind of fear or that kind of misunderstanding to keep us at arm's length. But the Father is calling us. He's, he's drawing us near. And our desire as the, the pastoral staff and our, our teaching team is that this series would do that, would call us all to a deeper expression of prayer that, yes, we would learn more about the Lord's Prayer and how we can use it in our everyday lives. But we're also going to learn about different prayer expressions through this series as well. And today I want us to focus on our Father in heaven and just the simple idea 
of, 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 of conversation. Prayer is conversation. So let, let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we thank you that one of the things you do is help us to pray. And we invite you to do that this morning. Come and, and, and just fill us. Come and set our minds on you. Come and uh, take down fears. Replace them with your perfect love. And help us just to, to see that you are uh, our, our loving Heavenly Father who stands with his arms open wide welcoming us into intimate relationship with you. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. Uh, Holy Spirit, help us. Uh, help us to be better and more effective, more faithful prayers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, uh, our Father, our Father in heaven, you know, Jesus was the very first Jewish rabbi to call God Father directly, and it sent ripples through the, the religious communities of Jerusalem. Um, it was a radical departure from Jewish tradition. In fact, uh, in every prayer that we read in the Gospels that Jesus prayed, with the exception of one, we see Jesus calling God Father. And this Father was Abba, or, or Papa, or Daddy, a, a term of, of close and intimate endearment. And, and the, the religious leaders were incensed by this because this was, this was such a radical move uh, for him to be saying, I am the son of God, to be calling God, Yahweh, my father. I am saying that I am God's son, that I am God. And that's what Jesus was. He was the Messiah. But what's even more radical through this prayer that Jesus is saying, he's saying, when you... When you, my disciples, pray, when you pray, you're not praying in, you know, uh, Jesus' Father. You're praying our Father. He is including us in this family. We now have the same access that God gave Jesus. So we're praying our Father. We're not praying Jesus' Father. We are praying our Father. Jesus is inviting us. He's including us in the same amazing privilege, uh, the privilege of coming into the presence of our majestic and powerful, awesome God, addressing him as Abba, Daddy, Papa, that close term of endearment. Uh, as Paul says in Romans, he has adopted us into his family, and he's made us co-heirs with his only begotten Son, we are part of God's family. And with our Father, as Jesus is inviting us to pray, our Father, we also want to remember that we are joining with brothers and sisters in, uh, throughout the world, throughout generations, throughout centuries, who have joined us in praying this same prayer and, and using this same prayer as a framework for our ongoing intercession, that He is in heaven that he is with us, God Emmanuel, now through the Holy Spirit, but he's also in God in heaven. He oversees, he's in control. He knows, he has the big picture and he's loving and he's good and he's for us and we can trust him. We can trust him. We can trust the ways he answers our prayers and the ways he seems not to answer our prayers when he doesn't give us the answers that maybe we want. 
beginning with our Father, serves to remind us of God's unfathomable love for us as we begin to pray. And that's a good starting place for us in prayer. That, let's face it, you know, when you, when you know, hey, somebody wants to talk to you on the phone, and sometimes if it's somebody that you really enjoy being with, that you look forward to, you know, a close friend or maybe somebody who's dear to you that you haven't talked to in a while, you know, you're quick to, to answer that, that call, to take that call, to answer that. But when it's someone you don't want to talk to, when it's someone that's like, oh, you know, that's the last thing you want to do. Uh, uh, Kathy, could you take a message for me, please? <laughs> Kathy's our office manager here. Yeah, but no, when it, it's important as we come to God in prayer that we start right off with our daddy, our perfect, pure, loving father who loves us, who is for us, who on, only wants the very, very best for us. As the apostle John wrote in his very first letter, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. We are children of God, and so we come in prayer as children. We come to him in prayer. We know that he is good, that he's loving, and he welcomes us, and he's for us. You know, later on in Jesus' uh, Sermon on the Mount, he gives a perspective of, of how if sinful earthly carnal parents, like you and me, if we have children, if we want to give good things to our children, and we do, you know, in our sinful and carnal state, how much more so our pure and perfect, holy, heavenly Father wants to give good gifts to his children. And it, it is such a, such a beautiful perspective that we need to begin from this vantage point when we, come, when we come in prayer. So we don't have to pray to God in fear because he invites us in his love. We can come knowing that he loves us. And I love this quote from St. Augustine that, that true whole prayer is nothing but love. True whole prayer, conversation with God, being in his presence, it's nothing but love. Love initiated by our loving Heavenly Father. And in response to his love, we come and we respond in love. Um, in your notes, I've, I've got a couple of books that I'm uh, recommending, books that I read many years ago that continue to have a, a deep uh, impact on my prayer life that I, I continue to go back to and reread. And, and one of them is uh, it's simply called Prayer, Finding the Heart's True Home by Richard Foster, uh, the same author of Celebration of Discipline, a wonderful book. And one of my favorite lines from this book, and there are many favorite lines that I have underlined in it, but this is one of my favorites, is that real prayer comes not from gritting our teeth, but from falling in love. And that's where real prayer happens for us. When we come and we begin, our Father in heaven, and know that in him, he has only the best for us, and he's proven that with the ultimate gift of his son Jesus given to cover and to save us from our sins. So we don't have to worry about having the right words, okay? We don't have to worry about making our prayers eloquent with a lot of religious phraseology. Our Father in heaven receives us just as we are, and the good news also is that he accepts our prayers just as they are. 
Um, I want to tell you this. The Lord's Prayer is not like a you know, prayer for beginners. Yes, it is. But it's, we never grow from it. It's a framework. It's a skeleton, if you will, uh, by which we continue to, to add muscle and grow and, 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 and become strengthened. And, and, and don't worry about the simple words of, of our hearts that are expressed. Sometimes we don't even have words. We only have tears. Sometimes we only have groanings. Could I be very real with you and say maybe sometimes we only have profanity? At least a friend told me that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything, everything that we struggle with, that we open our hearts to God, and that is, that's the good stuff of simple intimate prayer that we are just pouring out our hearts to God. The things that bring us joy, the things that frustrate the heck out of us, the things that disappoint us, the things that anger us, the things that have big question marks at the end of them. All of these things he invites us to bring to him, to lay before, before him uh, our struggles, our failures. God, why am I having such a difficult time with anger God, you see my heart. I, I am so angry all the time. God, why am I dealing with this greed? God, why am I dealing with this lust? Help me, God. Bringing it before him, he sees our hearts. He knows our hearts. And he yet invites us to come and bring him everything in our hearts, including our pain, our struggles, our failures. Another book that I recommend uh, in your notes today is, is a, a C.S. Lewis book, uh, Letters to Malcolm, Chiefly on Prayer. And the way he has structured this, he set it up as a series of letters to a fictional friend named Malcolm. And in these letters, uh, Lewis explores just this idea of prayer as intimate dialogue between human beings like you and me and our perfect and loving Heavenly Father. And, and he reminds us on many different way, in many different ways in this book how God can handle our, our frustrations. He can handle our anger, our confusion, our doubt, everything that's there in our hearts. And he encourages, he says this, lay before God what is in us, not what ought to be in us. A lot of times we push back and we're not ready to engage God in prayer because we know our hearts is like, God, uh, my heart's a mess. My heart's a mess. I can't come to you with this. Ah, God is saying, that's exactly, I want you at all times, especially then, because I'm the only one who can take your heart that is a mess, and I can fix it. I can make it whole. Again, laying before God what is in us, not what ought to be in us. So don't worry about getting it wrong, okay? All right, don't worry about getting it wrong. Just talk to God. Lay out what is in your heart, what is on your heart, and, and just share it. Even your sin, especially our sin, especially our sin. We can and we should bear it all with God. And we don't have to fear this kind of intimacy with God because of this. God created each one of us in intimacy, and he created us for intimacy. Okay? This is what we were all, all of humanity was created for, intimacy with God, and he created us all in intimacy. If 
you go back and you read the creation accounts of Genesis 1 and 2, we see God speaking and things are being formed, the heavens and the earth, uh, waters and all these kinds of things. But in his creation of human beings, it's a much more up-close and personal in-your-face experience. Genesis 2, 2, uh, verse 7, a reminder of what this looks like. Then the Lord God formed a man like a a, a hands-on, like a potter forming a vessel. The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, that, that closeness, that proximity, like God inflating us with the very breath of God, the Holy Spirit filling us. And the man became a living being. As a result of this beautiful work of God forming us, his hands forming us, and the Spirit giving us life, notice the closeness. And that closeness continued as as God took one of Adam's ribs and formed the woman, that same kind of closeness. God's original plan for humanity, for us being living creatures, uh, being a living being, it hasn't changed God's original plan of of forming us with his hands and breathing us into us life, that hasn't changed. He still desires that same intimacy with us. And he wants it, and it is available, and prayer is one of the powerful ways in which we welcome that to happen in our hearts and lives where God makes us, the Holy Spirit comes and fills us and and makes us more and more like Christ and empowers us to do the ministry of Christ. When Adam and Eve sinned, and you know the story, if you continue on uh, in chapter three, they went and they hid themselves and they tried to cover their nakedness. And when God came to meet them at their regular time for conversation and togetherness, Uh, In the Garden of Eden, they were nowhere to be found. And God called out to them, where are you? And it wasn't that the God of the universe, the all-knowing, all-powerful God of the universe, had no clue as to where they were. I mean, that wasn't the case. Where are you? Even in their sinful state, God wanted relationship with them. That question was an invitation. Where are you? I I want you with me. Yes, there were consequences for their sin, but still God in his love and in his kindness, he cared for Adam and Eve. Again, this closeness, this intimacy, God made coverings with animal skins that God himself clothed Adam and Eve with. I would encourage you, take some time and just meditate on that closeness of the God of the universe, even in their sinful state. He's coming and he's caring for them. He's not running away from them. He's not distancing himself. Yes, there were consequences to their sin. There had to be separation from holy God. But I want you to see and understand that God is always for intimate relationship. And he's done everything that had to be done to make this possible for all of us again. Through Jesus Christ, the gift of his Holy Son, who came to earth, took on flesh, showed us how to live a perfect life. And in his perfection, he took on the sin of the whole world. 
and paid our sin uh, debt from now into eternity. And our job is to receive his gift, his gift of salvation that we can do through, through repentance, through recognizing our own sinfulness, acknowledging it, and asking God to forgive us and welcoming Jesus to be the leader of our lives and inviting the Holy Spirit to fill us. So when it comes to simple, intimate conversation of prayer, God is still, he's still calling out to us. I don't know how, when you think of your prayer life, how you would rate it. Are you walking with God in the garden, so to speak? Obviously, we don't live in that paradise, but there are moments of that that we get to experience of God's kingdom his kingdom coming, the joy and the peace, God setting things right. And those are joyous. Those are wonderful times in his presence. Or do we find ourselves more in a hiding mode? Where when it comes to prayer and that intimate, simple conversation that God's inviting us to, that God is calling out to us, where, where are you? Why aren't you coming to me and sharing with me the concerns of your heart and your mind? remembering that nothing is off limits. Nothing. Are you talking to God about the difficulties in your marriage? Are you talking to God about your obsessive compulsiveness? Are you talking to God about lust? Are you talking to God about your pornography addiction? Are you talking to God uh, about deep-seated anger that just you can't seem to get rid of? Are you still talking to God about these things? I want to encourage you to do so. Um, we've got a, a, a wonderful resource we want to make available to you. Um, if you are needing just sort of a jump start on your prayer life, it's, it's a booklet called Try Praying, and we've got it back at the welcome desk. And if your prayer life is sort of in a just a very stale space right now, or maybe you can't even say, I don't even really have a prayer life, I would strongly encourage you to pick up a copy. Um, it's, it's, it's really very basic, and it's very simple, like this message series is going to be. In fact, this is one of, the, one of the first pages. Prayer is conversation with God. You don't need to use special words or a special voice. You can pray out loud or silently. God knows what you think and is aware of all you do. You can talk to him about anything. And I would encourage you, take this, look over it, use it, put it to practice. But also, if you, maybe your prayer life's going pretty well, you know someone who might benefit from this, I would encourage you to, to take a copy and, and, and give it to them. Say, hey, I'm, I'm spending some extra time in prayer during Lent. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to share this with you. Maybe this was something that maybe you could do as well. And, and take that and, and, and offer it to them. I, I want to say this, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, but you maybe regularly come to church, I, I want to make sure you know that, that Jesus uh, invites you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit invites you to talk to him. Remember, when Jesus was here on earth, one of the main things he did was to point people. He's like, okay, I'm, I am the, the physical representation of our Heavenly Father. And what did Jesus do when he was here on earth? Was he aloof when it came to, to sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes and sick people? No, he engaged them. 
And so he engaged them. He had conversations with them. He answered their questions. He listened to what the Father was leading him in terms of prophetic words or a prophetic insight, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, spiritual gifts that we believe in and seek to practice here on a regular basis. So, you know, Jesus is representing God the Father and he's having conversations with people. He's not casting people aside and he's not distancing himself from them. And we need to recognize and see that that's what God's still doing today, that he invites us into this thing of relationship. So even if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you, pray, talk to God, talk to him. Talk to him about your frustration with your Christian friends. Talk to him about, you know, God, you're not fair. Talk to him about, God, why didn't you answer the prayer the way I wanted it to the last time I prayed 10 years ago? All that's fair game. And then in any good conversation, any good dialogue, it's talking, and then it's listening. It's talking, and it's listening. Give some space. And I am confident, I am confident because of God's amazing love and because of his goodness and his intense desire for relationship. You're going to hear from him. I just know it. Maybe in powerful ways, maybe in subtle ways, maybe in surprising ways, but I know it's all going to be in loving ways. That's our God. That's our heavenly Father. God in his love, he wants you to know to daily live in his perfect Father's love. And this morning, uh, as as always, uh, you can receive the gift of God's love ultimately given to us in Jesus that brings us into his family. Acknowledging our sin, receiving the gift of Jesus, his work on the cross, paying for my debt of sin, your debt of sin, turning away from our sin, receiving God's gift of salvation, inviting Jesus to be our Lord and Savior and inviting the Holy Spirit to come in and to fill us. And one of the amazing things the Holy Spirit does, as I mentioned earlier, he helps us in our praying. And ultimately, prayer is our ongoing and growing love relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We should always pray, as Paul tells us, pray without ceasing. Keep on praying. Just keep on praying in every state in our prayer life. It should be dynamic. It shouldn't be the same as it was five years ago. It should be ever-changing. Just like our relationships with people that are important in our life, it should be dynamic and not static or stale. But it should always reflect a deeper desire for more of God in our lives. And, and, and that's the thing that I think, you know, we can all be just sort of satisfied and we'll, we can stay right where we are. Or part of our prayer can be, And let me say, it should be, God, I want more of you. I want more of you, whatever that looks like. We don't come with a prescribed, it's got to look this way, because God, he he doesn't. I mean, he's so much better than that. He's so much bigger than that. He's so much more loving than that. He knows how we need him to show up in our lives. And so we're praying, God, come, come, and, and do your good work in me. Come and fill me with more of you. As the psalmist says, it is good 
to be near God. I want to be closer to you. I want to experience more of you in my life. I want to become more and more like Jesus. And I'm so thankful that the promise that James wrote about God's heart many, many hundreds, thousands of years ago is still true. Come near to God and he will come near to you. As part of this series, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together every week. And uh, my hope and my prayer is that it will not just be uh, a rote kind of mindless ritual, but that as we unpack this week after week, that we will recognize just the, you know, the, the beautiful framework that God has given us for approaching him. And that we begin being overwhelmed by the fact that we are able to come to our daddy, our papa, our perfect loving heavenly father in heaven. Who, is, who sees everything and is Lord over everything, that we're able to come and know that he loves us and that he is good. So would you join me in standing? This is the, the version of the Lord's Prayer uh, that we are going to be using for uh, this series. So let's pray this together as millions and billions have prayed around the globe. Uh, this, this prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.